Welcome, community group leaders, to this week's episode of The Deeper Podcast, where we help you confidently lead your community groups. And we are joined this week for the first time by Brian Trias. Brian, welcome to The Deeper Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, we are so glad to have you here. So, Brian, my first question for you is, what is your job? I think a lot of people don't fully know (laughs) what your job is. So just give us a little snapshot so people know what you do. Um, I am the pastor of ministries here in other churches, like you might commonly it's referred to as an executive pastor, but um, I oversee the ministry areas of our church, so outreach, um, adult discipleship, family, life care. I don't lead those ministries, but I work with the people who do just to help make sure that you know our church continues to run smoothly. Yes, and you just an incredible blessing to our church. You're you're my boss, and so we are so thankful for you and all the things that maybe most people don't get to see behind the scenes. <laughs> so tell us today, what is the topic and the passage that we're covering this week? Um, <laughs> a funny story about what you just said. Okay. I had a, I had a young adult ask me like, well, "I want to do what you do," and I and I stopped him and I said, "What is it that you think that I do?" And he goes, "Come to think of it, I I have no idea what you do." And I was like, "Yeah, that's about right." Um, the big idea for today's passage is to walk in the light of who you are. And so we're in first John chapter two, seven through 14, and really just following John's progression of thought, um, as we look at what it looks like to follow Jesus. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to dive into that in just a second, but right now I'm going to just share a couple stories that we've gotten from groups. So it's, it's exciting to be able to, to receive as well as be able to share, um, stories of how groups are really living out. We want to see in community groups. So again, we do define a community group. It's a group of people joyfully sharing life as they find and follow Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so there's one group that I just love how they have adapted the format of how they meet to help meet the needs of different people in their Mm -hmm. groups. So they meet at a home and some people come in person, those that really value that face-to-face, that relationships, but there's one family that moved and so they Skype them in. And there's a couple other people for health reasons and just different things that they didn't feel comfortable coming in person. So they Skype them in mm. as well on the TV. And so I love how instead of the group dividing and saying, okay, well, we're going to meet in person and you can figure out, you know, they said, no, let's figure out how to make this work. So those people in person, they're sacrificing some, the other people that are farther away, they're all in and trying to check in and be a part of the group. So I just love how they really just treated one another with, with honor and love of how they did that format. And then there's another group that, you know, over the past year, they've had one spouse that's in there that has gone through cancer and all kinds of different treatments. And this group has just rallied around this couple. They've loved them well. They've cared for them. They pray for them. And then now this last week, there was um, the father of one of the other individuals that passed away. And again, you see this group just rallying around um, that that family. And, you know, in the midst of COVID, and I know all of us are, are dealing with loss and health and all these things, I just, I find just joy and hope and just, and I love being able to celebrate how I see other groups just modeling just how to really have that community together. So anyway, that's just a few stories what we get. And um, thank you for those that send in stories. We want to be able to continue to, to share and celebrate those. Okay. Well, for this week, we're in 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 through 14. Brian, could you read that for us? Yeah, I'd love to. 1 John 2, 7 through 14. Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you. 
because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Excellent. So I have, there's a couple sections in there that I have some questions on and kind of tripped me up a little bit that I want to talk through. But before we get to that, I just want to talk about the, the big idea. So the big idea that you have is walk in the light of who you are. So you even, and when you preach in your sermon, you actually take a verse even from before, mm-hmm. plus the seven verses here. So there's quite a few concepts within this, but you distill it down to that big idea. So walk us through just the process of, as you started looking at this passage, how you distilled it down to this big idea. So um, when I preach or teach, I really like to use the code words that I find in the scripture to be in those big ideas or those even sermon points, because ultimately what I want them to walk away with, what I want people who are listening to a podcast or listening to a message to walk away with is God's word. And so if you look at that big idea of walk in the light of who you are, um, you see that concept of walk, and that's what you're talking about from that first verse in, in John 2, 6, to if you, if you abide in him, you're going to walk as, as, as Jesus walked. And so that idea of walking, I wanted to be a fundamental um, uh, pa- uh, point for our, our passage and our sermon. And so then walk in the light of who you are. You can't read the book of First uh, John or really the Gospel of John and not come away with that idea that he's talking about light. And we talked about that in First John 1, 5 through 10. It comes up again in this passage. And so again, John is calling believers towards the light. And so walk in the light. And then those last three verses, even though they get really repetitive, it's really talking about who we are in Christ and the work that he has done in our lives. So that's who we are. And so you put that all together. If we walk in the light of who we are, we have a really simple phrase that should help us understand the whole passage. Yeah, that's great. And I know one of the the phrases that you share with our our staff team and, and our leaders as we are developing leaders is, who we are mm-hmm. is more important than what we do. And this is a great passage that helps to illustrate mm-hmm. that. Okay, so here's some of the things that trip me up a little bit. So <laughs> at the beginning... Uh, He's talking about old commandment, new commandment, old commandment, new commandment. So which one is it? Is it an old commandment or a new commandment? Help break that down for us. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. And so um, when John is writing this, one of the big heresies of the day is Gnosticism. And, and I know Joe has talked about that in, in, in messages and in other podcasts. Uh, and it's not really a term that we use anymore, but it's, it's basically taking a little bit of what was true and adding some things to it to, to make it their own, make it a little bit more palpable for, for what they wanted. And so I think John is trying to say, no, I'm, I'm not writing you anything new. This isn't my invention. This isn't something that I'm doing so that um, I'm making it easier for me to stomach. I, I'm giving you something that's old. And so 
his reference most likely is John 13, 34 and 35 or 35, 36. Can't remember off the top of my head. 34, 35. 34, 35. Um, it, it's not said explicitly, but the way the, the phrase new commandment is used, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's referring to that commandment. And so when Jesus is speaking, he says, a new commandment I, I have for you, I, I give to you, that you will love one another. And so if Jesus says that it's new, like it's new. And so he, he's letting them know, hey, this is the new commandment that Jesus gave us, but it's, it's old. It's not something that I'm making up. I think what John's trying to do. Okay, so sometimes when I write an email or a letter or something, I reread it. And I say to myself, okay, I could have worded this in a lot more clear way. Uh, do you think John, if he had reread it, been like, I think I could have said that more clearly? Or do you think his audience, like he was saying this in as clear of a way for his audience that he was saying it to? That is actually a great question. Um, I, I think you would write it the same way. And I think you would write it the same way because of what we believe about Scripture, that it is a... Um, a God-man book that God um, divinely gave John the words and that he wrote them down using his own personality, but the very words themselves are important. And so this isn't John just kind of spitballing. This is John being obedient to what he what he gave. And so I believe that we could count on the words, but I believe that we're, you know, we're close to 2,000 years after he wrote it. And so we're having to understand something that's a little further removed then I think his audience, I think his audience would have picked up on that in a heartbeat. Yeah. And you, and we uh, see similar language again that he uses in this passage as we've seen in first John, but also as we referenced that we see in the book of John as well. So Mm -hmm. we talked about the old and new commandment a little later, we're going to see the light and darkness referenced again, um, children. So it's, it's nice seeing the same themes that he brings up over and over. Okay. So then the other part that tripped me up a little bit was the, my first uh, exposure to prep for this week was I read the app. Okay, so I went okay. the reading plan, clicked on the app, and I read through the verse, and I was like, oh, man, I think there's a typo here. And I yeah. went yeah. back to, into the ESV, and I was like, oh, no, that's right. I had forgotten. John does literally repeat at the very end of this this passage in verses 12 through 14 the same thing twice. So, again, we know God's word is inerrant and everything. So explain to us why he did that and why it makes sense and maybe even what he was trying to do there. And and this is an area where there's really going to be a little bit more in the podcast than there is in the message because in the message there just isn't time to go into this level of, of detail. But um, there is a repetitive section and it talks to little children, fathers, and then young men. And then it talks to children, fathers, and young men. And then the first three, it is, I am writing to you. And then the second is, I write to you. And so uh, the first thing that I want to clarify is they're all addressed to quote-unquote male there right at the beginning. And that is more of a stylistic thing about the way ancient literature used to be written. That does not mean that he's only talking to the men in the audience. He's talking to to all people who follow Jesus. But then it's like, so are, is these is this age, is he talking to little children and then like young adults and then like dads? And I mean, maybe the words are there. Um, in, in, in my study, I would tend to lean more toward maturity, that little children is everyone. That's kind of a catch-all for everyone because everyone is in Christ. But then there's people, you know, the young men are a little bit more in process and the old men, the fathers, they've, they've kind of been there a little bit longer and they've had a little bit of a longer experience. And so I think the point of the two passages, 
kind of back to back, I think is for repetition. Now he says, I am writing to you. And then he says, I write. There are different tense of verbs. One's present and one's past. And um, I think I even told you this week that there's one, one guy who said maybe he got interrupted and then came back and then kind of rewrote it to reemphasize it. And we, we don't know. We don't know what was in his mind when he wrote it. But the way it comes across is it's, it's very affirming that he really wants us to understand who we are. And so I think the fact that he says it and then he says it again in a little bit of a different way is for us to have a deep understanding of who we are in Christ. And so first John is a letter to a group mm-hmm. of people. And you know, we and there's different genres and different parts of scripture. So there are parts that are true poetic or wisdom literature, that type of thing. This section within this letter, it even is indented differently in things. Yeah. And it is in more of a poetic format and style. So even help me understand that a little bit. So when we come to that in, in Scripture, when something is set apart different, there's a, there's a number of different reasons why. Um, sometimes it is a longer um, quote from the Old Testament, and they'll, they'll break that apart and set that apart. Oftentimes it's a hymn or a song that was current in the day that, you know, we've never heard it, but they would have fully understood it. And, and sometimes it's, it's just a stylistic thing. There have been people who have said, well, maybe this is sayings that were in the the church at Ephesus at the time. We we don't know. But it's definitely meant to break our attention. Like, we're definitely supposed to understand he's doing something different in the way he writes, in the way that he repeats, to make sure that we have an understanding of who we are. It draws attention to it. Excellent. So now let's talk about how to apply this passage. So I'm going to start with a question for you individually, and then say, how can we apply this within our community groups? So the question for you is, as you did your study this week, and even uh, you just did the run-through, and you know, you're preaching, you're really like preaching this to yourself as well as preaching it to other people, Absolutely. what was something that the Holy Spirit convicted you in that has leading to you maybe doing something different moving from this week? Um, we all in Christ... I think can give a lot of Sunday school answers. And I know we don't have Sunday school at our church, but that's what I grew up with. So Sunday school answers, like the, the question comes, you say the answer is Jesus. And, and it's right, because it, it, it's Jesus. And when we look at a passage where it talks about loving, we're like, yes, we should love. I, I don't think we'll find anyone who says, I, I shouldn't love. But when it comes to putting that into play, all of a sudden your brain goes to those places where you've fallen short. It goes to those times where your response hasn't been loving, where maybe in your the context of your own family, you've been a little bit short or you've been a little bit just like snap back because, you know, your, your family and you're, and you're close and sometimes they, they see the worst of you. Or I think about just strained relationships. I mean, I, I know we live in it's just a very divided, strange time. And there are relationships that were once close that now they, they have strain and they, they don't they're not as easy as they once were. And it can be easy to write someone off. It, it can be easy for someone to say something to you and you take it the wrong way and, and, and cut them off and to, to move away from them. And I know in my own life, as I get phone calls or emails or text messages or stuff that contains things that hurt me, whether it's intentional or not, I have a response that I get to choose to make. 
And what the Holy Spirit convicted me of is this isn't just something that our church needs to hear. This isn't just something that the the audience of John needed to hear. No, I I need to understand that as I am walking in the light, as he is in the light, that that means I'm going to be increasing in love for people around me, not just staying the same. And so it is not a a passage where I want people to heap shaming guilt on themselves, but it is a passage where we need to examine how are we loving our the people God has put in our lives, and I had to do that as well. Yeah, that's really good. So then now for us in community groups, as we're wrestling through this and as you know, we're equipping community group leaders, what's maybe something you encourage them to encourage their groups to apply or maybe a question to mm-hmm. pose to groups for them to think through how to apply this passage that we've gone over today? So there are um, two ways that I want to think through that question. Um, one... Um, we talk about bell curves sometimes about there's always there's people on each side there's going to be groups that are just going great and the community is going great and gathering is going great and for a group that is not experiencing tension within themselves this might be a good conversation that they go a little bit more individualistic with that they're like hey how how is this looking at your relationships outside the group and so for them to be able to talk about uh, interactions on social media or interactions in their families or interactions at work where this struggles and how a group can come alongside and provide um, encouragement and maybe even accountability. If someone says, hey, I need, to, um, I need to do better with my boss at work. Well, you guys asked me that this week. Will you send me a text or do something like that? Um, for groups that are, are struggling, for groups that maybe haven't met in a while aren't getting back together and there's there's some um maybe some strain in some of those relationships what does it look like to get past the division of an issue get past the division of covid-19 the division of politics the division of something that might have been them apart and say no i'm going to meet your needs no i'm i'm going to go out of my way to let you know that i love you as i love myself and maybe that'll be a way that, you know, ice gets thawed in a group. Yeah, that's great. And I just encourage group leaders that um, if you haven't watched or listened to the sermon yet, make sure you do that because Brian gives some even more examples of things that we're dealing with and points it right back to the passage. Some things that we didn't cover here because I knew you were going to cover it in your sermon. All right. Well, Brian, could you pray for our group mm-hmm. leaders? Yeah, I would love to. Um, and, and before I do that, I, I am so thankful for our group leaders. Um, they really are the ministers of our church, and there is no way we're going to be able to get our hands around that many people and know what's going on. And so as you guys are helping people find and follow Jesus, um, I, I would be honored to pray this over you. Dear Heavenly Father, um, you have called us to love, and you have done it unapologetically. You have called us to look like Jesus. You have called us to keep his commandments and to walk as the way he walked. And so as we go into our group settings, you are bringing your people into these groups. And Father, some of them are little children. Some of them are young men and women. Some of them are very mature men and women who have, who have lived many years with you. Father, regardless of where we find ourselves on that spiritual paradigm, I, I pray that you would help all of us understand better who we are, that we understand the gospel, that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins, and that he rose to new life, and we are called now to follow him. 
Father, may we follow him all of our days. May we walk in that light of Christ. May we walk as he walked and may that light that shines so brightly through him shine through us into a world that needs to see it. And Father, may we be a people of love. May we be a people who go after one another, not to let them know where they're wrong, but let them know that we care for them. Father, may we be kind to one another, forgiving one another, compassionate with one another, because you have forgiven us in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Well, as we look ahead, this is our final time that we're going to be uh, reminding you about the deeper experience. And I love how Brian framed this in the sermon. So basically, you know, often on Netflix or things, we have TV shows that we love to watch. And if we watch episode one and then episode five and we miss some of the ones in between, the storyline doesn't fully make sense. You know, we might enjoy episode five, but the story arc doesn't make sense. So what we get to do is we get to literally binge the Bible Mm -hmm. on Thursday, right? (laughs) So we're going to go through all the different episodes, all the different passages within the book of 1 John, and Joe's going to lead that time. So I hope you're able to register for that. You can go to fbctopeka.com slash events. Mm -hmm. You can also stream it the same way we do on the weekend, so through YouTube or through Facebook. And then actually after we finish it, we'll post it online as Mm -hmm. well so people can access and watch it later in case you have to put kids to bed or whatever. So we're looking forward to that. Well, with that, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Deeper Podcast. Hope this has helped you lead your groups more confidently. Uh, We're praying for you as you shepherd your groups this week. God bless. Lead well. Lead well.